Hello everyone, this is episode 720 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, May 15th, 2020. I'm your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'll be talking about Fury Unleashed, Apex Legends Season 5, Demon's Tear, and Potato Fairy Flower. But before that, I want to talk about the big news that happened this past week, and that is the Unreal Engine 5 tech demo, which everyone is losing their shit over, and I still can't understand why. It's a fucking tech demo. It's not a game, it is a little slice of nothing. And yeah, it looked impressive visually, but it also just looked like a Tomb Raider game. So in terms of gameplay and what kind of game it was, it didn't impress me. For me, and maybe I'm just a big old weirdo, I think back to the 50 minute or so long demo we saw of Cyberpunk, which was last year, right? And when we saw that, when it finally was made public, I think that is way more impressive than what we saw with this tech demo, because that's actually a game. That's actually something that people were playing, not any reporters or journalists or anything like that. I don't think, I don't know if anyone's had any hands on time with Cyberpunk at this point. But it's a demo that people saw people playing. And that looked way more impressive. Especially the part where he goes into the city. And you see how dense it is. And we just see, oh, look. There are rocks everywhere. They're really, really nice rocks. And look at the lighting. There's some nice lighting. Wow. But again, not a game. Oh. But nope. It's just something to fuel... The console war fires, the, the, the console war flames, that annoys the shit out of me. Because that's very much so what it was. I think, and I'm not saying this because I'm an Xbox fanboy, I prefer Xbox, but in my ideal world, both consoles would sell around the same number of units. Throw in Nintendo as well. They'd all sell the same amount of units, give or take, and everyone would just be happy and enjoy the platform they choose to play on. And in an ideal world, we'd all be able to get all of them because, you know, there's still going to be first parties. But my ideal gaming world would be every console sells relatively well. All third-party games are on all platforms. None of this exclusivity. DLC doesn't have any kind of time exclusivity deals like this bullshit with Control. I want to play the DLC, but I'm on Xbox, so I have to wait. And when the... Next one comes out, I don't even know when I'm going to... Like, the first one still isn't even out on Xbox. Annoying as shit. But I just want everyone to be happy. But no, everyone has to fucking fight about this and that. And like, oh, now, PS5, it is so much more powerful than the Series X. The, the next generation's already over. Poop on you, Xbox. It's done. It's over. Look, we finally actually saw some real next-gen gameplay. What did you show us? You didn't show us shit, except you showed us games, and there was gameplay in there, too. We didn't see anything from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but we did see gameplay. Not all of it was gameplay, but we saw gameplay, and we saw actual games. The kind of games you're going to see when the consoles launch. You're not going to see any fucking game that looks like this tech demo right away at launch. In part because the Unreal Engine 5 isn't even going to be available, I think, till late 2021? So, yeah, what you saw, congratulations. You know that eventually next-gen is going to look good. But guess what? It's not going to look that good at launch. So if you see that and you get your expectations 
you know, all high, all hot and bothered over this. And when the consoles actually come out and you see that no game looks like that, you're going to be upset. Maybe. I don't know. Because you're already psychotic enough to be losing your shit over this fucking tech demo. I just don't get it. And I didn't think it was that impressive. I watched it. I'm like, okay, it's fine. It's a, it's a, it's a Tomb Raider thing. Whoop-de-doo. I thought I was looking at another Tomb Raider game. I'm like, what is this? Is this a Tomb Raider game? And why is it blowing my mind? There's nothing else in the game. I'm Maybe I'm forgetting things, but like, there was nothing else going on. We didn't see any like particle effects. Like there was a point where they were like flying through the air, which was definitely not anything you were playing. That's just like a, a cinematic thing, like you've seen God. Like when I looked at it, I wasn't like, "Holy shit, this is like a leap and another leap and another leap over the most beautiful games we've seen this generation." It's like, "Oh my god, that look that makes God of War PS4 look like God of War PS2." Holy shit, that makes Cyberpunk look like Deus Ex, the original, on PC. Or no, it, it makes it look like the Deus Ex port to PS2. Man, all of these games, everything looks like shit now. Because I watched this fucking tech demo. Which again, is a tech demo, not a real game. I don't give a shit if you can play it. I don't give a shit if it's a playable tech demo. It is a tech demo, it is not a full thing. Do you think... An Assassin's Creed game is going to look like that throughout the entirety of its massive world anytime soon? No. We already know what the new one's going to look like. It doesn't look like that. And also, people complaining, oh, you know, the next, uh, Valhalla is not running at 30 frames, or it's not running at 60 frames per second. That tech demo wasn't running at 60 frames per second. That was 30 frames per second. It wasn't 4K either. Which, uh, that's something I don't give a shit about. I don't care about 4K. I'll take 1080p, 60 FPS, or higher any day of the week. I've never played much on a 4K TV, so I don't know what I'm potentially missing, but I'm still very happy with 1080p. I think 1080p looks great, and given that I play on a smaller screen, I think 4K wouldn't matter as much. I play on a 32-inch TV, and that's really the only size TV I could fit in my space. There is one 32-inch 4K UHD TV. Why does it UHD? Whatever. There's a Samsung one. QLED or whatever their thing is. QLOD. I don't know. They're they're like proprietary tech. And I, I would like to get it. But it's still yet to ever go on sale. And I don't want to pay full price for it. But that's the only 4K TV I've seen in my size. Anyway. The, the Unreal Engine 5 tech demo came out. And people lost their shit. Oh, here's here's next gen. We're finally seeing next gen. Except for you're you're not seeing next gen. You're seeing a point in next gen, and you're seeing a next gen if not not if, but that certain developers will be able to create using the engine. You're still going to see plenty of games that just look like late gen, decent, this gen games, because there there are still plenty of studios who like you look at games that come out. And you're like, oh, why does this not look as good as these other ones? It, from developer to developer, you don't know how they're going to be able to work with the, the tools they have. But things will get easier. And what I care more about is just having games run well as like a guarantee. I want every game to for sure not have a, a crazy variable frame rate that is just super choppy. I don't 
ever want to see screen tearing again because I think that is the most distracting shit in the world. And I don't know. I don't know. It it just annoyed the shit out of me. And I knew it was going to happen. And I, I, I don't know why. I'm curious, though, to know. Like, I wish I could understand more so that I could know why the PS5 is such a supposedly better console for working with Unreal Engine 5 and maybe all uh, engines? Is it just the hard drive? And there's just the, the, the fact that assets can load faster, something like that, that makes it that much better? I'm very curious about it. And like I'm also curious, you know, in order to do certain things with the hard drive and, and for games on the PS5, does it have to have a, a surprisingly, when we see it, large amount of space allotted towards caching shit and when running games or whatever so that the actual hard drive space you're going to have is going to be like 500 gigabytes and you'll be able to put three games on it because games will just get even bigger that is one of my biggest questions and concerns about next gen the size of games will most games do what like call of duty did or resident evil 3 did uh, call of duty modern warfare did where they break up a game into its parts. So if there's a multiplayer and a single player, you can just download one or the other, and you don't need to download the whole massive thing. Because if you downloaded all of Call of Duty, that's, I don't know what that is at this point, 130 gigabytes or something? Warzone by itself is like 100 gigabytes, which I don't understand, but whatever. Is the world that big that it requires, like, a whatever. But yeah, I found all of that really annoying. And I'm going to continue. I just... At this point, like, I just want to get the details on release dates and prices for both consoles, and that's it. You can you show me games, fine, but I don't just tell me when they're coming out. Tell me how much they're going to cost. And for the love of God, Sony, just show me what the fucking PlayStation Five looks like. I'm not going to get one anyway unless you announce some crazy remakes or the return of franchises that I actually care about. If you announce a remake of Jack 1, 2, and 3, whew, I'm there. I'm there day one. You're bringing back more Ratchet & Clank? You're bringing back Sly Cooper? Yes. You got me. You got me, Sony. You know what I want. I don't want any of your sad, mopey bullshit. Give me this nice, bright, colorful stuff. I'll be, I'll be super happy. I will love my PlayStation more than my Xbox for a period of time until I finish those games, and then I'm like, okay, back to Xbox. But, yeah. I don't need all these sad, dark, depressing stories. Though I am excited about Ghost of Tsushima, which we saw a 18-minute demo for it, which made it very clear that it's just Assassin's Creed Samurai Edition, the one that we've wanted for a long time from uh, Ubisoft themselves and never got which is nice. Looks very pretty. There are some nice, uh, not quality of life things, but little bonuses for people who are fans of that. I don't. I don't want to call it a genre exactly, but I guess the, the the genre of film, samurai films, and stuff like that. There is a black and white filter, which is pretty cool. I don't know if I would actually play through the whole thing that way, but it's something that I would definitely be interested in messing around with. It, it looked pretty good. And you could still see things even with night. Like it, it seemed like 
I don't know if it's just that, oh, they flipped a switch and made everything, they just took away the color, or if they actually went in there and changed and adjusted things so that the balancing would be better and that you would still be able to now differentiate things despite the fact that it's on a grayscale as opposed to you know the full color spectrum. But um, that looked pretty good. I'm very, very excited for that. Don't care about Last of Us Part Two. There was a story trailer at some point. I'm like, fine, this is okay. I don't, and I just, I, I, I didn't need any more of it. After playing Left Behind, I was like, oh my god, I, I forgot how much I don't like playing Naughty Dog games at this point. I loved playing them back in the Jack days, but since they moved to Uncharted and The Last of Us, I'm like, you, you, you know how to make beautiful, gorgeous, unbelievable-looking games. You know how to make set pieces. You know how to create an engaging story, even if you go in directions I don't like and lead me to hate some of your characters, like your main character. I don't like. I went from enjoying Nathan Drake, even though he could be douchey, to really hating him in the fourth game. But you don't know how to make a third-person shooter. The Last of Us feels better because its emphasis is more on being stealthy and not just shooting, but it still doesn't feel that great. Anytime you get noticed and have to then pull out your gun or whatever, it's less enjoyable. Even using the bow, I didn't find that great. But the the Tomb Raider games were so much better. Like I vastly prefer the Tomb Raider games over Uncharted because they just feel infinitely better. There's so much fun to play. The story's garbage. No one would argue the opposite. I don't think. The story of all the Tomb Raider games... I mean, somebody could argue they're not garbage, but in comparison to the Uncharted games, I don't, I, I don't remember jack shit about what happened in Tomb Raider. She had that one big dude who was with her all the time, right? And they're like, oh, you my bro. You my, you my bro too. And they're doing all that, right? I don't know. I mean, they're, they're not really that important. The important thing is you go around and you kill people and it's fun to kill them. And what else matters? And Uncharted, you're like, oh, let me see some of the story. Oh, this is fun. This is entertaining. I like these people, except I'm not liking this one anymore also that much. But whatever. Oh, now I have to play it again? Oh, no. Can I just watch more of it? Do I have to play it? Just give me another set piece where I really don't have to do much. Also, the first two games, the Uncharted games, I don't think they did it again with the third, but the first two did the whole, let's get weird and sci-fi and bullshitty god i hated it they were just fucking constantly turned into scooby-doo i think that was was that the first or second one like here are these yeti men and then you fucking get to one of them at some point and you're like oh wait no take off their mask it's actually a human but it's a human that has like immortality or some bullshit god i hated that so much anyway sony bring back jack bring back sly bring back Fucking bring back Ape Escape. Bring back Ratchet and Clank. I know we had a Ratchet and Clank this generation, but then it was just gone forever. And that is my, by far, my favorite exclusive game of any of the consoles. I had so much fun with Ratchet and Clank. But then that, that was it. God of War, like all of their other games, I enjoyed to varying degrees in the moment. But as time passed, my thought of them lessened more and more 
Like, I, I remember liking God of War quite a bit when I finished it, especially after the point where you get something. I'm like, yeah, I, I way prefer playing it now. But after time passed, I was like, uh, I'm not thinking back on it super fondly. It's just like, oh, it, it was fine, but it's not lingering with me. And Horizon was enjoyable, but again, didn't really linger with me. I was not a huge fan of Spider-Man from the get-go. I thought it was just another Spider-Man game. It was the best Spider-Man game, sure, but it was just another Spider-Man game that did nothing new and had some annoying sections in it. I'm just like, why do people love this? Why are they acting like this is some incredible game? Like it's a fresh take on Spider-Man. So then, no, it's not a fucking fresh take. It's the exact same kind of formula. It's just incredibly polished with a very solid story. Like I don't want to say it's great because I still I prefer Spider-Man 2. I prefer Into the Spider-Verse. Whatever. Whatever. Where am I even going with any of this? In addition to the Unreal Engine 5 stuff, there were some announcements for remakes and remasters. I don't know. They're, they're throwing both of the words around like, I don't, like, so there's a, a Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake. I don't know if that one's been also called a remaster, but it's clearly a remake. And it's funny listening to other people talk about it when it was announced and like, yeah, I, I'm so excited for this. You know, I, I understand, you know, I can't wait to replay them again because we can't play them on modern consoles. And, you know. It's cool that they're going to give them a, a fresh coat of paint, you know? It's, it's nice of them to do that. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Did you? Did some people just think that they were going to bring the PlayStation 1 games to current consoles and do nothing to the visuals? Or they thought that they were just going to maybe, you know, remove the jaggies, clean them up, <laughs> and just have a play? That was not going to happen. That is a, an insane thing to think, I think at least. But uh, they, they look good. I'm excited because they are still bringing back the course creator, I believe at least. And yeah, the, the the big thing though is, do they feel right? And nobody has played it to my knowledge, so that's the that's the big question. It can look good, it can seem to be hitting all the right notes, and be doing all the right things, but until people get their hands on it and and are like, yep. This feels like how Tony Hawk was supposed to feel. Who knows? Because Tony Hawk, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5, which was made by a different studio, I know, still, that was a pile of shit. That was awful. They put the Ninja Turtles in there, and I still I still couldn't get into it. Because it just felt like shit. And I imagine that they're not going to use the mechanics of that. They're just going to make it feel like the original games, which will be good. Because like one of the worst things about Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 was the grinding mechanic, which is like, I think they they remove the grinding button completely and instead you like slam to the ground so you just like end up putting bricks into your board. You just infuse it with two tons of of weight and you just fall to the thing and then like that's how you can grind but also it just is a mechanic to use for other situations. I don't know. God. I, I can't I don't understand how they fucked that up so much. But that was a fucking disaster. But then the more exciting remake, remaster announcement of the week was the announcement of the Mafia Trilogy, which I was not expecting. The rumors were out there for a while, but they only ever talked about two and three 
to my knowledge. I don't think anyone was ever really talking about the first one. And the first one is one, getting a fresh coat of paint. Like it's not just, okay, we're, we're cleaning up. No, it's fully rebuilt, which is awesome. But why I'm so excited is because I enjoyed two well enough. And three was solid, but it had its issues. One, which I haven't played since it originally came out. I, I think I played it on PS2. That game blew my mind at the time because it was putting out a serious mafia story and it handled it wonderfully. And this is all just from my memory, which may or not still uh, may or may not still be the case. But I love that game and being able to revisit it with these new improved and beautiful visuals, I can't be more excited for it. And it's coming out on current platforms, so Xbox One, PS4, and PC. I don't, I can't remember if it was going to come to Switch as well. Tony Hawk isn't coming to Switch, I think, which is weird. It seems weird to just not put a game on Switch these days. But um, I am so excited for Mafia 1 as part of the trilogy and i'm curious if it is going to be a trilogy pack and you just get them all for 60 which would be a great deal that would be a super great deal or if you'll have to buy them individually or if they'll come together for a pack and you could get them all for 60 bucks and buy them individually for 30 a piece like some have done i think i can't remember what it was if it was like prototype that did that i feel like there were a few games that both came out at the same time and you could buy them in a pack together or individually for significantly more which just seemed crazy but um i am super excited about that and it got me thinking what are some other long dead franchises games that i would love to see remakes of and the first one that came to mind i'm not going to go i didn't think about this any further after this one game slash series i would love to see remade so I'm not going to go, maybe it's a topic for another day. But the game slash series I would really love a new one of, or just a remake of, is Twisted Metal. If they packaged Twisted Metal 1 and 2, put them together, and just gave us really beautiful visuals and just that great gameplay and fun sense of humor, I would be so into that. Or remake Twisted Metal Black. Sure, I would love to see a Twisted Metal 1 and 2 plus Black collection, but given how tonally different those two games are, I can't see that working at all as a, a pair, as a collection. They're just so different. And if they do, if they were to remake Twisted Metal Black, you gotta get that song in there. Because you know what? I've never been a fan of the Rolling Stones. Don't really care about them all that much, but I adore door painted black and i'm pretty sure i'm i probably heard it here and there prior to twisted metal black but it wasn't until the game that i fell in love with that song because i would hear i played so much twisted metal black and just it is one of my all-time favorite openings to a video game hearing that music oh so good yeah i can't do it but it's it's so good and i i just want to hear that over and over again i also remember there was a nascar game 
maybe 2003, 2002, 2003, that started with Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf. And that is another one of my favorite intros because it was a game that me and my dad played a whole bunch. I think I've mentioned this before, but hearing that slow intro, just like, yep, it's time to play some NASCAR with my dad. He's going to just play it normally, and I'm going to go the opposite direction and create havoc, and he's going to have to try and avoid it all. Super fun. Anyway, that's it news-wise. Went on longer than I expected. But I also played some games, including Fury Unleashed, which is a roguelite where you're, you're instead of using... I, th- I feel like so many of the roguelites, it's a side-scrolling roguelite, and so many of them are like, melee base and all that kind of stuff and fantasy base whereas this is a I mean, it's technically a twin stick shooter because you can you aim with the, the right analog stick but it's side scrolling it reminds me somewhat of mercenary kings in overall feel but i like fury unleash more because the way fury unleash is structured is that you're going into these comic books and each little area that you're you're fighting in is its own comic panel and then you're transitioning through this comic book through pages until you move on to the next set of pages or you know until you finish that comic book and it makes it so that you're always fighting in these very small little arenas and once you finish i mean you can also just move on you don't have to kill all the enemies in a space but it's much more simplistic in what you have to do to keep progressing forward you just find the exit to these set of pages but the the shooting feels really good and unlike mercenary kings what annoyed me about that game is that you'd have all these you like it, they both have their own repetitive feel but in mercenary kings you keep going in the same environment and you have these stupid little quests like go find five of these items and they'd usually be all the way at the end of the level and you have to fight these enemies and it just it, it was way more tedious than Fury Unleash feels, despite the fact that you are going through the same books, you know, you die, you start over, you're leveling up and you're able to improve your character, you're able to upgrade them by, you know, improving their stats, health, reload speed, all the usual things. And then you go back in there and once you finish a book, you can start at the next book so you don't have to start at at the very beginning, which is... You know, there's spelunky vibes in it in that sense. Uh, there's, a, there's a nice bit of variety between the areas. Uh, and when you're going through these spaces, you'll, you'll fight various enemies and you'll come across chests that may just give you an item. They may have a thing where it's like, okay, if you sacrifice some blood, then you can get this item or that item. If you have these certain coins, you can get a special weapon, a special item, yeah, you can sacrifice these coins for this thing and all those types of things. And the 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 thing about it that makes it work is it just feels good. The shooting feels really good. It's super satisfying. I feel like I'm always in control. You have a little dash. Uh, you know, you have a basic jump and a dash. Um, and it just like the one thing that I wasn't overly fond of initially were the visuals. It looks all right. I mean, it it doesn't look bad. It just is a bit, I don't know how to put it. It's a bit much. Um, 
I'm trying to think of something to compare it to. It has a lot of thick lines, which I, I do like. Is it the, the visuals where I just don't really like them are in the faces of the characters you play as. That's it. The human faces. I'm not fond of that. You look like a moron, and I can't get over the fact that you just look like a moron, and I wish I didn't look like a moron. But it's all good, because it feels good. It, it's, it's an early front runner for a potential top 10 of the year, because I'm having a blast with it. It could change. You'll come across bosses which offer a decent challenge but aren't overly challenging you find new weapons and you can find uh, you can through progressing you'll unlock the ability to take new starter weapons in there there are a nice variety of weapons and how they feel both in speed their power uh, who they're good against you can carry two weapons at a time switch with uh, the right analog stick and I'm playing on Xbox One it's it's a lot of fun. There's local co-op, no online co-op, which is a bit of a bummer. But I'm having a very good time with it. Uh, one of the other things that's a little bit, not annoying, but frustrating is that the whole comic book aesthetic and, and all that isn't that prominent. You see it when you're looking at the map itself. And, and there's fast travel, which is nice, so that if you keep following a path and you get to a dead end, Instead of having to backtrack the whole way, you can fast travel. There is like a limit to it, I think, but I've never really had a situation where I've run into the limit. I'm like, oh, I can't fast travel anymore. But the comic book aesthetic and structure is really just in the way the map is laid out. But even then, it's just like a you know a bunch of rooms that are connected, and the the comic book thing doesn't come into play. Like I wish you could maybe. When you got to the edge of a room, see a little bit of what was in the next room. And that it was a little bit like Comic Zone, which is one of my favorite games from when I was a kid. Even though I don't think it's, you know, the the jump in difficulty for Comic Zone, I think, is a, is a bit crazy. But, you know, what are you going to do? Back in that day, difficulty was a fucking crazy thing. And it would also be nice if, like in Comic Zone, you'd occasionally see a hand coming down and drawing on characters. That would actually be really, really cool. And I'd love to see that. But Fury Unleashed is a lot of fun. It, you know, if you don't have a problem with the, the faces of the humans, it looks pretty good, runs well. And it's just, it's just a super satisfying experience. I like the loop of it. And I'm always a fan of Rogue Lights, where... You don't lose everything when you die. You still get something, so you're leveling up and you're able to make your character stronger and you'll find new weapons, like I said, and all that kind of jazz. So I like all that. You know, it's a it's a good loop that makes you want to keep playing and never makes you feel overly frustrated. Another game that is a rogue-like is Demon's Tear which came out on PC a while ago, I think last year, and has now made its way to consoles. I'm playing this on Xbox One as well. All these games that I'll talk about today, I've played on Xbox One. And this is a top-down twin-stick shooter, though you're playing at night, but you shoot out swords. You shoot out swords from your, your person. And it's from the same person who made... Riddled Corpse, uh, or Riddled Corpses, and Xenon Valkyrie. And 
I remember liking those games a decent amount, but Demon's Tear for me is just incredibly dull. I played through uh, an hour maybe of it, and I just wasn't enjoying the experience all all that much. You know, you you jump into the like you start off in a town, and the town has little stores where you can purchase various things, and you then jump into a hole. And you're you're going progressively deeper and deeper into this mine, this dungeon or whatever. And you're just defeating all the enemies on a level and then the door will open up. Uh, if you're taking too long, a giant reaper will come after you. So don't let don't let the reaper catch you. Alright? Alright. And it 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 looks like a mobile game and it just isn't satisfying. The the gameplay, the twin six shooting isn't super satisfying. It's not that it's bad, but it's just dull. You know, killing the enemies doesn't do anything for me. And I, I, I don't know why exactly that is. But it is what it is. That's Demon's Hair. I also played a little bit of Potato Fairy Flower, which is a very colorful inviting game from a visual standpoint it looks really really good it's a puzzle platformer and you go on in this world as young potato young girl you're jumping around which the jump feels fine you hold it down you get a a, a longer jump and you'll come across puzzles that are like the game looks like something that i would immediately think oh this is probably good for kids and then i got to the first puzzle i'm like oh this this is not good for kids because the puzzles are more challenging than I was expecting right off the bat. You can use this currency you collect when traversing the world. You collect these little like blue orb square things. And you can use those to save your progress at like a checkpoint. Those cost blue orbs. Or you can help uh, yourself and just save, or not save, you can use them also to get the solution to a puzzle so that you don't have to figure it out on your own which will cost you this currency, which is finite. You don't have an infinite amount of them, so you can't just use it all the time. But the first puzzle, I don't believe there was an explanation as to what exactly you had to do. You just were kind of forced to wing it. And I I got the, the gist of it pretty soon in that it was just like lights out. But it didn't tell you anything about what you had to do. So I could see the game being very frustrating for some people given the 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 way the puzzles seem to be handled uh and especially since uh, apparently the very first one that light that lights out esque one is the easiest in the game cuz I I was curious what other people thought of the game and a lot of people were like oh my god the puzzles in this are just they're so difficult and you don't know what you're supposed to do. Uh, I, I couldn't get past the first one. I'm like, well, that, that doesn't bode well. So, yeah. Bit of a bummer there because it looks really good. And the jumping feels all right. Story I don't give a shit about. But it, it was a decent enough platformer. But then the puzzles just... I could, I could see the puzzles potentially getting annoying down the road. But, uh, yeah. Maybe check it out. Looks really nice, if nothing else. You can look at some screenshots and be like, yeah, this this is a pretty game. And then Apex Legends Season 5. 
has started. I got three wins. Three wins. Yeah, I got three wins, baby. I got three wins right off the bat over the course of the first 24 hours or less. That felt really good. Uh, I haven't messed around with... Is it Lobo? Is that her name? I always forget. I want to call her Lobo, but then I feel like that's very wrong. But uh, I haven't tried her out yet. She seems okay. I think the bigger change this season is that they finally fixed Mirage. He's actually a useful character now. When he uses his ability, it does... It's the ability we saw teased in... I think that event where everyone played as the the test dummies and everyone was just a different colored test dummies and it was a thing where like you'd activate your ability and then they would send off multiple copies of you in various directions and they would mimic your movements and do what you're doing, which makes Mirage way more powerful. Like Mirage went from a... D E F G H I tier character to like the top tier, I th- I might think, but I still love my Bloodhound, so it doesn't matter. But I'm still very much enjoying that game. I haven't really paid attention to what the changes are. Like there there are some significant changes to World's Edge, that's for sure. But I haven't paid all that much attention to what exactly the fucking charge beacons are in the game or whatever. So I've activated a few of them in games here and there, but I don't know what the fuck they were doing. I'm I'm not sure what the point of any of that was. They also have the treasure packs you can find once a day, which give you, I think, 3,000 of the Battle Pass XP. I don't know if they... I don't know if you collect enough of them to do anything else other than that. If that's all they do, well, who cares? That's fine, I guess. Cool. Beans. Yo. But I also, I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the game looks better. It did get a huge update, which was bigger than the game previously. I think it was like 37.5 gigabytes, which I think was larger than the original file size. And I feel like the game looks better. And some of the skins for the weapons I have that I didn't like previously, or I was like, oh, this doesn't look as nice as I wish it did actually look good now. But it is still super satisfying. I I wish you could I, I wish you could pick which map you wanted to play on as opposed to having this we're going to switch them out every 2 weeks or something. I don't like that. I feel like not allowing us to pick the map we play on is a sign of weakness is not the right term, but it's a, it makes me believe that in actuality the player count is so low that you don't have the confidence that you would be able to fill matches quickly if you gave people the option to play on either map. Or their numbers are like, they know that one map is significantly more popular than the other and that everyone would just want to play on that map. But either way, I feel like, given how popular it's supposed to be and how many people are supposed to be actively playing it, it should be, without question, easy to find a match if they allowed you to just pick the, the map. That's annoying Bring us cross-play and progression all fucking ready. And legend tokens are still bullshit. I don't give a shit that you added last season or whatever it was. The ability to switch out and change a challenge that you don't like using them. that That's the fucking biggest waste of that currency in the world. But I have 
I've purchased every legend with those stupid fucking tokens. I have purchased, I think I counted up and it was 16 alternate skins for various items, whether it be a, a character's outfit or a weapon skin. And I still have over 120,000 legend tokens. I can't use them fast enough. I get more than I could ever use because all they're good for is switching out the challenges. Who gives a shit? And then these alternate skins, which you can only buy an alternate skin if you already own the legendary skin or the the rare skin that the, the option is available for, which is fucking bullshit. Just let me use them on skins I don't know. Like maybe I'll, I'll get that skin at a later date when I have enough crafting material or maybe I'll choose to buy it at a later date. Just let me get this optional one because I have the fucking tokens and I can't use them. They just keep building up. But you know what would be even better? Let me convert them to Apex coins, which I could use for battle passes or, you know, the, the, the Apex packs. I don't care if it costs me 10000 for a 100 of them so that it's like a horrible deal. Fine. It still is a deal that I can utilize. I can't do anything with them at this point. I fucking hate it. It is, is it, it is the one thing that I genuinely hate about Apex Legends, and I will always hate, because at this point, I don't see them changing it. Why the fuck would they? It's been going on for over a year. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one who thinks it's bullshit that you can't use them for pretty much... Like, let me convert them to crafting materials. You don't want to give me Apex coins for them? Whatever, then let me convert them to fucking crafting materials. Let me craft shit with them. Let me do something with them. Whatever. And then I play through and finish Streets of Rage 4, which I'll talk more about on the upcoming episode of Attack the Backlog. But spoilers, I fucking loved it. I think it might be my favorite one. I need some distance still, probably. But I had a blast with it. It feels so good. The visuals grew on me almost immediately. Because I was still a little like iffy, though. When I unlocked the, the skin for Classic Axel... And put it in the game. I thought, well, this is probably going to look like garbage. But then I saw the way it actually looked in-game with the lighting and everything that the the game engine has. And I was like, holy shit, this looks fucking incredible. It looks so good. If you ever get around to playing Streets of Rage 4, if you haven't already, and when you unlock one of the classic skins, go and use it. Just go on the first level and see the lighting. It looks amazing. This is the first time since I. It makes me wish that they put out a version like I. I would pay the same amount of money for the same game, with like I know you can't just give us the option because you'd have to remake the entire game and the environments and all that. You know, it's much easier to just put in this retro, this pixel art model in it, in the in the the world you already created. But if they created a Streets for Rage Four Classic Edition. That was just the the classic visuals. Oh, I'd buy that in a second for the same exact price. But the 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 classic character looks so good, and it reminds me of the way visuals, the way pixel art looks in Octopath Traveler, where you see this old aesthetic, but it's being made to pop and look so much fresher because of it utilizing modern technology with lighting and shit like that. It just lo- it looks so good. I can't get over how good the classic model looks in the game. It 
it blew my mind. It made me wish I could play the entire game with that visual aesthetic as opposed to just playing with that model in the, the hand-drawn world and all. Even though, like, the visuals for the game look really, really good. It feels great. I had a blast with it. It's weird that the Xbox version doesn't have the visual options that the other versions have. But maybe they'll patch that in at some point. Not that I feel like I'd want to use it. And I'm talking about, like, adding in scan lines or crap like that, I think. I, I haven't really looked into it, but... It's just weird that it's not there. But, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me in terms of what I've been playing. I did watch the Sonic movie, and I did not like it. It is very much a kid's movie, and I know that Pokemon Detective Pikachu is also a kid's movie, but I found that way more enjoyable. I don't think I enjoyed a single thing about Sonic the Hedgehog. I guess the most positive thing I can say is that, what's his name? Ralph Macho, dude. Ben Schwartz. I thought he was incredibly annoying in all the trailers, but in the movie, I thought, whatever, he's fine. But so many of the human actors were garbage. James Marsden's wife, who I've seen in other things, I thought she was awful. Her sister, that whole storyline where she's like, I want you to get a divorce. Like, this is stupid. I don't like any of this. Jim Carrey, I don't know. I'm not I'm not the biggest Jim Carrey fan, which probably upsets plenty of people, but when I think about Jim Carrey and the, the roles of his I liked, they're all the roles where he's kind of normal and maybe does some crazy stuff. So, you know, I, I don't like the Truman Show, the movie, but I think he's really good in it. I like Liar Liar a lot. I like The Mask, which he has fun with, but he still has his normal side. This is just over the top the entire time. He's always at... 11 at the very minimum, but maybe goes to 15 at times. And I was trying to think, who would I have rather seen in the the role? And I thought, my immediate thought was, you know what? I would have been really curious to see what John C. Riley's take on Dr. Robotnik would have been. But whatever. Who cares? It's Sonic the Hedgehog. Kids fucking probably love the shit out of this movie. I preferred Detective Pikachu way more. But yeah. I, I I would also I would pay for a special edition that let us see the movie with the original Sonic model. Like, I want to watch the entire movie with that weird ass looking thing. Doesn't exist, I'm sure, but I, I would pay good money for that. But uh Yeah, that's all I've been watching really. I did watch like half of the natural, which I've never seen. I knew about, I knew the storyline vaguely or the the basic plot. Was not expecting the opening, like the first fifteen minutes and how everything plays out. Did not expect that. It's not often I'm surprised by movies these days, but fucking the natural surprised the shit out of me. I was like, wait, is this a dream? What's going on? What? And it just like fades to black for way too long without saying anything, and then it's like sixteen years later. I'm like, what the fuck? What is this? Is this real? All right. I guess it's the natural. Anyway, that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find 
this podcast, Attack the Backlog, and Unamazingly Baka, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. If you'd like to check out the video version of Attack the Backlog or other such stuff, like some indie games roundup videos, some reviews, and what have you, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like. Click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you are staying safe, staying healthy, enjoying your time as best you can, doing whatever you do. Uh, Bye-bye, everyone. And have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week end okay all right bye